0: Good morning. Good morning. 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 Happy Easter to you. Happy Easter. Uh, In the tradition of the church of all ages, um, we say Christ is risen, and you say that Christ is risen indeed. Will you do that with me? Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. I'm Jackie Lewis, the senior minister here at Middle Collegiate Church. My pronouns are she, her, hers. What's your name? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad you're here today. If you're here for the very first time, will you raise your hand so we can greet you? Yay! Keep them up. Yay! Woohoo! Thank you. We hope this will be not your last time, but that your first time makes you feel like you're at home. Speaking of home, there are lots of amazing things happening today. And of course, you know, I have to look them up because the brain's not what it used to be. Um, let me just say that today we have a really beautiful repast. just a light snack after worship so that if you're new or haven't been, come meet some people downstairs. Come hang out with us for muffins and fruit and stuff like that, water, coffee, and also a new devotional upon which you can feed your soul. That's my drama for today. Wisdom for the Wilderness, put together by our ministry staff, produced by our own um, Reverend Natalie Renee Perkins, A 40-Day Journey. So we want you to take one of those as a free gift from us uh, to have some reflection in these next 40 days on the way to Pentecost. Um, The conference is coming. The conference is coming. Uh, April 28 through 30. We're back live for our annual justice conference, 17th conference this is. It's called, I know, Whoop is good. <laughs> Freedom Rising, Dismantling uh, Fascism with Fierce Love. An incredible array of speakers across disciplines. We're gonna be at West End Collegiate Church live those three days. We hope that you'll come, middle family, it's for you. So go to freedomrisingconference.com to register. We'd love to have you. We've Got a good price for you if you use the word rising because we're going to rise together. Next Sunday, uh, the 16th of April, is Volunteer Sunday. So if you volunteered in any capacity, singing in the choir, making Christmas decorations at Christmas time, um, serving on the board, uh, any ways that you've used your body in service of this movement, we'd love to celebrate you next week. So come back and hang with us as we celebrate volunteers. I think that's all for now. Um, let me say this. We are full. Um, there are people outside I'm going to come in just a minute, our little people, for, um, for the children's message. They can walk while I'm talking. Reverend Mira is going to offer a beautiful message. If you are having a purse on your seat and you think it'd be OK if someone sit next to you with their mask on, just shift a little bit. We can put another couple people in here. We're so glad uh, that we are having such an explosively busy morning. Come on up, children. Mira, please come and offer the message for all ages. Okay. We can sit right here. I know it's gonna be
1: tight. Penny, do you think I can sit there? Would that be okay? Thanks, bud.
2: You might want to face this way,
1: friend. Okay. I have pictures. So you wanna be facing me so you can see these pictures. I want to tell a story today about three trees i'm gonna lean a little forward at least i realized i was leaning back and my back was about to give way i hope that never happens to you (laughs) three trees one mountaintop day three trees were dreaming about what they'd like to be when they grow up the first tree said i'd like to be made into a beautiful treasure chest and hold the most precious gems in the world the second tree said well, I'd like to be made into a strong and mighty ship so I can carry kings and important people across the seven seas. The third tree said, well, you know what? I'd like to stay here so I can grow bigger and taller so that when people look up at me, they'll look at heaven and be reminded of God. A few years passed, and all three trees grew to be big, strong, and beautiful. And then a woodcutter came and he came and chopped down the first tree. But the woodcutter didn't have a treasure chest in mind. Instead, the woodcutter took it to a carpenter who made it into a feeding box and put it inside a cold, damp barn. That first tree felt really sad. The woodcutter chopped the second tree and and took the second tree to a shipyard. But no big, mighty ships were built that day. Instead, much to the second tree's disappointment, it was made into a simple fishing boat. Oh no. (laughs) The third tree wondered, what's going to happen to me? And she was the most sad and disappointed of them all because the woodcutter made her into long beams of wood and just left her in the lumber yard to sit there all alone. Several years passed, many days and nights, until one balmy night, a bright light spilled into the barn where the first tree was. And the first tree saw a young mother, a refugee, place her newborn baby into the feeding box. And the first tree heard the heavens open up and angels sing about this baby being a savior. Then the first tree saw wise people travel from a faraway lands to give this baby lots of gifts. And the first tree thought to themselves, I might not be a treasure box, but I get to keep the greatest treasure of all warm and safe in this box. More days and nights passed. And the second tree, remember the second tree? The second tree felt someone dragging him into the sea. It was a man who was a rabbi and a teacher. And he had his friends with him, and he took his friends out into the sea. <laughs> Whoa! But do you see that? There was a storm that arose, and the waves started thrashing the little boat about, and the wind got so strong that the second tree had to hold its pieces together so that its pa- his passengers didn't fall out. But then the man stood up, the rabbi and he put his hand up and said peace and then the the wind and the water started to quiet down the second three tree thought i might not be a mighty ship carrying a king but i get to work with someone so powerful that he can calm the chaos that's in these poor fishermen's lives then many days and nights passed until one Friday morning, the third tree felt herself being dragged across the ground. She felt a man carrying her across the ground, and she heard the voices of angry people yelling at him. She saw them spit at him. Now she heard stories about this man, she heard that he had fed the hungry and took care of the poor. She heard that he stood up for justice. And because of that, there were people that were angry with him, especially the authorities. They saw him as a threat, so they captured him, and soldiers nailed him, nailed his hands to her. And she felt sad and ashamed that they would use her like that. The sky fell dark and the man died three days passed and on sunday morning the sun rose and the ground shook with joy the man who was called jesus had risen and defeated death and jesus's friends all rejoiced and continued to share the love of god just like jesus did Giving shelter to the unhoused and standing up for what's right, doing their best to bring peace on earth. That's exactly, that's right. And so the third tree became remembered for Jesus's life. And also,
3: there's a, a bow and, the and the food.
1: Exactly. Yes
3: before was cross. Yeah. That's
1: right. The last tree did form a cross. And, and, mm-hmm. and also, I, I noticed that the little baby was actually Jesus. That's right. You are you're so you're making all these connections. And in the in the third tree, uh, she wanted to be she wanted to uh, everyone to look up and be reminded, and now everyone is reminded when they look at her. You took away my last line, and I'm so glad you did. <laughs> So what's really great is now the cross does remind us of God. It reminds us that God's love, that no matter what happens, not even death can stop God's love. And that this tree is now, the cross, is now a symbol of fierce love that takes risks. And you all can take risks too to show love. So I'd like to hear from at least two people. How are you going to show fierce love this year?
3: By being, by being brave and helping each other.
1: That's really beautiful. That's really beautiful.
3: <laughs> standing up for other people.
1: That's right. Standing up for other people. Maybe one more before we close. That's okay. Should we sing siahamba while we go back to our seats? Sounds good. Thank you.
4: it one more time good morning middle that's what i'm talking about well today's prayer of the people is a song entitled today and what today is about is it's about this endearing impactful positive change in two ways one being with our communities so we are charged with helping our community supporting our community healing teaching growing sometimes forgiving uh, and the other half of the song talks about having that joy and that perseverance for yourself, that forgiveness for yourself, that joy for yourself, that belief in yourself that, that the dreams and the, the goals that God has given you, you can do all of those. So as we present this song to you today, if there is someone here who is thinking about making that, taking that next step, but you're fearful... Know that God's got your back. And God didn't give you a vision in vain. So if you need any other day to believe in yourself and what you can do this, well, believe it in today. A good job. Hey. Mm. Mm. Today I'm hungry and I'm ready for change. I've come too far to still be the same. See who I was, I give him away. Today, today, no longer bound by what people say. I know that I will make mistakes. All that I refuse to stay today.
5: I've been waiting all my life to get to the door. But now it's time to let someone see they I alive for so much
4: how much more of this can I take? Cause in a minute I'm about to break today. See the pain has purpose, so don't grow it away. There's a harvest if you only wait. Don't walk out now, I need you to stay today. Away. Away. I said this thing cause I'm not afraid Today. Love will always find a way. Love can take down any hate. So let's get to work today. Yeah.
6: And pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. In whatever version you know, whatever language you know, there's a, a, a version printed in the in the bulletin. Ever loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Amen. Amen, amen. And now we've come to the time, I'm so overwhelmed right now, you all. I just have to confess, like, what is happening in this room? What is happening? Welcome back. So super to see you. And those of you online, hey, girl, hey. Um, It is the moment where we get to pass the peace with each other. So um, find somebody you don't know or somebody you haven't seen in a while, and be like, hey, so good to see you. Can I see you next Sunday? And also like if you have a smart device, go and say hi to our people online um, or come stand up here if you want to wave. If you go back there, they won't see you. So come on up here if you want to wave to the online people. The peace of God be with you.
5: Face turn to the sand weight on my shoulders. Take my people away.
7: But
0: my goodness. <laughs> Helen, thank you so. Yeah. Thank you, choir. Thank you, band. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Wow. That's just church. That's not church. That's church. Yeah. Church. All the music today, you all just kill me with your beautiful, beautiful, beautiful offerings. Thank you, John. Dion. Thank you, band. Thank you, singers. Thank you, choir. Thank you so much. We have, a, we have a beautiful artistic community here, y'all who are new. Uh, we really believe that art, uh, to quote a friend, drops us right into what God is trying to do in the world. I want to just lift this picture up. Um, Milton, who was one of the big original vogers, right, uh, the, in the house ninja. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, community. House of Ninja. Uh, Milton Garcia is also an artist and made this really beautiful um, collage to celebrate middle and our clergy. So you'll be able to see this better later, but oh my goodness. Milton, thank you when you see this um, for celebrating us with your art. Thank you so much. We've been praying, but will you say a prayer with me, please? Holy One, your word is a light unto our feet, guiding our path. And I ask, as we seek to hear a word from you today, holy God, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight. God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So today's scripture lesson is found in the Gospel of John. it's trying to show me houses. I don't know. What, what did I say that made Google go to houses? Uh-huh. Oh, yes. it. Uh, um, We're not trying to buy no house. We're trying to talk resurrection. So, um, okay. So I'm going to be looking once again for John chapter 20. And it's going to come back up. Hard Bible, that right? Next time. Here we go. John chapter 20, verses 1 through 8. Um, It's the message version that I'm reading, and this is John's story of resurrection. Listen now for a word from God. Early in the morning, on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone was rolled away. She ran at once to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, gasping for breath. They took the master from the tomb. We don't know where they put him. Peter and the other disciple left immediately for the tomb. They ran neck and neck. The other disciple got to the tomb first, outrunning Peter. Stopping to look in, he saw the pieces of linen cloth lying there, but he didn't go in. Simon Peter arrived after him, entering the tomb. Observe the linen cloths lying there and the kerchief used to cover Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but separate, neatly folded by itself. Then the other disciple, the one who had gotten there first, went into the tomb, took one look at the evidence and believed. No one yet knew from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. The disciples went back home. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she knelt to look into the tomb and saw two angels sitting there, dressed in white, one at the head, the other at the foot of where Jesus' body had been. And the angel said to her, Woman, why do you weep? They took my master, she said, and I don't know where they put him. And after she said this, she turned away and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't recognize him. Jesus spoke to her Woman, why do you weep? Who are you looking for? She, thinking that he was the gardener, said, Sorry if you took him. Just tell me where you put him so I can care for him. And Jesus said, Mary. And turning to face him, she said in Hebrew, Rabboni, meaning teacher. Jesus said, don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them, I ascend to my Father and your Father, my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went, telling the news to the disciples, I saw the Master. And she told them everything Jesus said to her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Thanks be to God. Amen. So Matthew, Mark and Luke are called the synoptics, the same view gospels. They have a common source that's called Q, which stands for thing, which is a collection of writings that happen before the gospels get on paper, a section of a se- excuse me, a collection of words, of thoughts, of ideas that get codified then in writing. And then the first three Gospels, Mark being the uh, oldest, use those words to write these Gospels. But here's John. John has a different view, a different idea. And he's telling this story of the empty tomb with only Mary at it. There's a lot of Marys in the other Gospels. And in this one, it's only Mary. And as we read the text, as I read the text, I kind of giggle at the sense of competition between Peter and the other disciple who doesn't have a name. But is the beloved disciple, right? The beloved disciple, who we believe is John. Can you hear a little jockeying in the storytelling? <laughs> this one's running. Well, this one's running faster. But they're running neck and neck. And this one gets to the tomb, but looks in, but doesn't go in. But then this one goes to the mo- tomb and goes in and looks and believes. Can you feel that? It's sort of like Moses and Joshua, like a little bit of who's, who's on first, a little bit of who's, who's got the most authentic experience of the resurrection in the community is what's being wrestled with here, jostled with, if you will. But you know who has the most authentic experience in the gospel in this story? That would be Mary. She's not running fast. She's not jockeying for position. But she is Mary Magdalene at the foot of the tomb. And then she is at the tomb the next day to care for the body that hasn't been, hasn't been anointed, hasn't been embalmed. And she gets there and the tomb is empty. Her experience is of shock and grief. She who is also a student, a disciple, but she who is a woman and who is the first preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the first to tell the story, the first to be asked, anointed, appointed, equipped to tell the story. And she tells it and she's not a, she's not a hoe. She's not a, she's not a prostitute. Are you with me, everyone? So I'm trying to clarify, (laughs) this Mary Magdalene, Luke says, is one that Jesus cast seven sicknesses, seven demons out of. And she becomes a follower, she's at the tables, she's listening, and she tells the story. And I just want to get that straight. (laughs) Since women in this church talk, and I said I, I, gotta get that part straight. But she is, she's confused, right? They've kind of heard, the disciples have kind of heard Jesus alluding to his death and resurrection. They've kind of heard that the temple will be taken down, but in in the third day it will be raised again. They, They kind of have a little sense of a foreshadowing of what this moment is going to be. But just like when we go to a meeting and you, somebody from L.A. is in the meeting you didn't expect to be in the meeting, you'd be like, what? why are you here? She did not expect Jesus to be outside the tomb. She expected him to be inside the tomb. And so she's startled and she's amazed and she can't see Jesus. She's looking for Jesus, but looking in the wrong place. The writers of the gospel, this writer of the gospel, goes to strong measure to let us know Jesus' body has not been stolen. This isn't about, like, some grave robbing to his mind. The folded up clothing and the angel sitting head and foot are to prove that Jesus is alive and not dead. But which Jesus is it that's alive? And not dead. I want to take us back for a moment to Jesus. Not the guy standing outside the tomb talking to Mary and saying that he hasn't been ascended yet, that he's not ready yet to be touched. Not the guy that she thinks is a gardener. The guy who was on the cross because he got put on the cross because he was preaching a radical gospel of love, a good news of love, a revolutionary story sense of who God is and what God expects of us. I want us to go back for a second to Jesus. Like if you could rewind the story for just a moment. The guy in the cradle, the guy in the feeding toss, the guy in the temple talking to the elders, the guy teaching and preaching and healing, The guy sitting with the lepers and inviting them to be the unclean, to be close to him. The guy who had close encounters with women in a culture that said women should not be talked to or touched by male rabbis. The guy who made friends with the tax collectors when the tax collectors were verboten. The guy who believed on putting the outside in, the first last. The guy who killed the people when they didn't have a health care plan. Mary's baby, Joseph's boy, a Jewish, African-Semitic, multi-ethnic, poor, itinerant, handyman, carpet is too sexy for Jesus' job, a handyman, fixing drawers and tapping tables legs back in, an outsider in the time of empire, a rabble-rouser who would not let the people be quiet, the kind of guy that might protest gun shootings, the kind of guy that might stand in a House of Representatives and stand up for the six people who got killed in Nashville, and maybe the kind of guy, maybe the kind of guy that would have gotten fired by the powers and principalities. The kind of guy, the kind of gentleman, the kind of person who definitely made some mistakes, not sexy Jesus when you call the Canaanite woman a dog, but the kind of guy, the kind of person willing to be transformed by his circumstances and be healed and become whole, a way maker, a door opener, a shepherd to the sheep. That guy, that guy, that guy who got killed for being Love in the flesh. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to that in these absolutely hot mess times where some Christians, so called Christians, dare to compare Jesus to Trump. Well, let's see. What do they have in common, Natalie? African-Semitic ethnicity, Scotch-English ethnicity. I looked that up to know. (laughs) Truth teller, liar. Feed the people, cheat the people. Mm, Let's see. Immigrant, refugee, build a wall against immigrants and refugees. Messiah, hot mess. (laughs) which Jesus are we looking for when we're looking for love? Let's be crystal clear that there is a Jesus that has been constructed by some parts of our faith. The Jesus that has been constructed is an Aryan with blonde hair and blue eyes and the peace sign who blesses empire, who stands for AR-15s because it's important to have guns that are accurate and powerful. So when you're catching the slaves and bringing them back into bondage, oh, did I say that? Um, The Jesus that has been constructed by empire believes that the first shall stay first, believes that you should pull yourself up your bootstraps, Believes that black and brown and Asian lives don't matter. Believes that women, also created in the image of God, don't have the power to make decisions over their own bodies. Believes, though they think God is omniscient and omna all the things, that somehow trans people are a mistake. And therefore God does not love them and therefore we should shun them. That's the Jesus constructed by empire that Jesus needs to be crucified. (laughs) Because what the world needs now is the actual Jesus. This is the only time, the three times in a century will Ramadan, Easter and Passover converge, right? Our Jewish brothers and sisters think of Jesus as a prophet Our Muslim brothers and sisters would say Jesus is a prophet, peace be upon him, right? And our Christian faith says Jesus is some special, wonderful combination of divine and human that is here to mentor us into the world, to heal us with love. The Jesus that needs to rise up in all of us is that guy, humble, honest, Deliverer, way maker, door opener. Take the marginalized children and women, outsiders, and center them. That one that turns over the tables of our expectations is the one Mary was seeking. And it's the one seeking us. Do you understand? The one who wants to have a hold on our lives the one that wants to mentor us into a world in which we can all flourish. The one who wants to teach us that we are all connected, and your thriving and my thriving are essential to each other. The one that wants us to take a back seat toward hatred. The one who wants us to build power in coalitions that are diverse. That one, he ain't in the grave. And he's not hanging on the cross, despite pictures to the contrary. That one lives in you and me when we love. That one that one is not present in the guns. I'm sorry. That one is not present in the Second Amendment. That one is not present in the fascist ideologies that are raising up in our culture. This one, this humble one, this loving one, this teaching, preaching, healing, one wants us in a movement together. I'm not sure this one cares how we call God. I think this one wants us to call on love and to join our voices in a chorus that says, I'm going to stand up and take my people with me across the rivers of oppression where we might drown in anxiety and pain and instead to a promised land of justice in which everybody has enough. I'm sure that you could go to a church on this morning and they'd be talking about bunnies and eggs and lilies but the gospel convicts us the gospel draws us out of our safe spaces this resurrection story is only true when we believe in love enough to get up out of the deadness of our circumstances and live with love Live with hope. Live with justice. Anything else is a one-day story of purple and pink. (laughs) What is required of us is a holy imagination that makes the leap, the leap over the structures and systems and powers that have created a nice, quiet, gentle, white boy. Who doesn't want us free? That's not my Jesus. I don't know who that is. <laughs> but the one I follow into ministry is un pobrecito, marginalized, outsider, unempired, revolutionary, fierce lover who demands no less of us. You ready to come? to the revolution? You ready to lead the world to peace? You ready to make a difference in our circumstances, the only difference we can make because we make it together? Then come on. Let's go today.
2: Good morning, and happy Easter, <laughs> Middle family. We are the Gibsons. I'm Fabienne, Brent, Jean-Luc, and Saraya. We've been at Middle since we moved to New York City over 16 years ago, um, and it's been an amazing community for us. I remember the first time we attended, one of the things that stood out to Brent and me was that there were so many mixed-race couples and mixed race kids running around and it just really felt like we belonged. Um, Over these years, that feeling has only deepened no matter what we've had going on in our lives. No matter what we've had going on in our lives, we have always felt the freedom to bring our full, true, flawed selves to this community knowing that we would be welcomed with love, grace, understanding and be accepted. We've been involved in many ways over the years as well. We've come a long way from the early days at the back of the old social hall, where there was a small room with a couch and a TV on a rolling cart, where the service was being live streamed even before live streaming was a thing. (laughs) And we and the unthanks could enjoy the service and our babies could nurse and nap and toddle around. We've been part of small groups and Bible studies and built amazing relationships with pastors and other members. Our kids have grown up with the Village Chorus for Children, with Soraya as an unofficial member, even before she could read the lyrics, and Sunday School and Freedom School. For me, singing with the gospel choir has been a form of self-care and a source of community care. Through it all, over all these years, you, Middle Church, have been our family, our home, our place to find peace and see God made flesh.
1: Your gifts of service and treasure are what make a movement move. Listen to what you feel most called to do and be sure to engage with us in that way and also give to this place. It is funded by you. Go to middlechurch.org join to become a member and then be sure to sign up for a new members class online so that we can get to know you better. Ushers will pass around the offering bags in the sanctuary, and you can also offer gifts directly online at middlechurch.org donate or via Venmo.
6: Bless these gifts, O oh God, to be used for thy will and thy purpose, as we work to be your hands and your feet in this fierce journey towards revolutionary love. Amen. Amen. You may be seated.) Uh, if you remain standing, you know, <laughs> Actually, don't do what I said. Do what John said. Please stand up.
8: <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely.) Can I get the green light on, please? Test one, thank you. Okay. Uh, So this is a favorite of everybody's, uh, the Hallelujah Chorus. So you probably already know it. So just join in on those places, and if you're not sure, jump in on the hallelujahs. You'll be safe. Yeah, make up your own part. We wanna hear those parts for Easter. Give it to the Lord, give it to the Lord. (laughs) Let's travel together.
0: church or was it church (laughs) church thank you band When the world is so crazy, town, you could lose your faith. For sure. But what keeps me hanging on is love. Love powerful enough to come all the way down, to be in the midst of us. Love love, Love powerful enough that the grave can't stop it. Death can't stop it. Love's powerful enough to teach us what love looks like. And I'm going to say, if it's hatred, if it's fascism, if it's racism and sexism, it's probably not love. So let's not look for love in the wrong places. Let's look for, uh, oh, I see what y'all trying to do. Let's look for love in the right places. Let's look for love. I can tell people, the food is outside. There's munchies outside. There's devotional books outside. Now, band, keep it going. Go. Uh. Yeah.